Hello and welcome to another episode of Dawncast. I'm Dai Lee. And I'm Kathy Ngo. And today we've got a wonderful woman. Her name is Lynn Podetti joining us here. Uh, Lynn runs Outsourcing Angel uh, and is a business that she's grown over the last nearly 10 years now. And I've known uh, Lynn for almost nearly 10 years as well. I think when Monica was still a little baby. Um, but, you know, I just invite, I, I wanted Lynn to share, I suppose, her journey of setting up this business and, uh, you know, coming here and uh, from Vietnam. So it's welcome to Dawncast. Welcome, Lynn. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yeah, I really feel privileged to be here. <laughs> Is that your phone? Or? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Rhythmic. Yeah, it's very rhythmic. <laughs> I can hear it. <laughs> I thought, oh, where, where is that music coming from? Was that an angel? <laughs> That's a really bad joke. Sorry. Uh, I'll just put it on uh, aeroplane mode. Sorry about that. That's all right. Is that an I'm an back now. An angel ringing? <laughs> yes, it's an angel ring. It's my husband, my lovely husband. He's always touching base where I am, what I'm doing. Uh, that's good. Um, so, Lynn, tell us, uh, first of all, before we launch into your outsourcing angel, tell us a bit about yourself. I mean, you came to Australia from Vietnam. How mm -hmm. old were you when you got here? So, I was nine years old. I grew up in Vietnam, so I really experienced poverty because I was living in Haiphong, the north of Vietnam. Um, I still remember using pens with, you know, like ink and going to the toilet. I used to, we didn't have a toilet. We actually had like a hole. So I really experienced that kind of life. And when I came to Australia, everything was just like amazing. And I think that's what really grounded me. And I really felt that, you know, whatever I do from here, I want to give back. You know, I've always had that, that need to, um, I've been helped, so I want to help help back. And that's probably why I'm really engaged and passionate about Outsourcing Angel because I help to create uh, employment for people in the Philippines. And people always ask me, why don't you help Vietnamese people? <laughs> and I'm like, well, what's wrong with helping Filipino? Because I always had this belief that we're all one human being, you know. And um, I also thought that if someone could be successful, so could I. So I've always had that mindset and, yeah. Kind of sidetracked my answers there. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> uh, where, where did you grow up? Was it Victoria? Is that right? Uh, yeah, so I moved to Melbourne. Uh, we didn't come through as refugees. So my aunties and stuff were already refugees in you know Hong Kong and places like that. Uh, when they came to Australia after a few years, they uh, helped us migrate over. So we flew. My mum said she was always the chicken one. She's like afraid of dying and whatever. So, so she, she didn't escape. Back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she stayed back. And so we just came over later on in 92 when, you know, Australia was more open about bringing migrants, skilled migrants over. Yeah. So you guys were sponsored over. Yes, yes, yes. And, yeah, the next part of my life was not as good. You know, you come to Australia thinking that because, you know, when you're in Vietnam and you have Vicky or, you know, or like Westerners coming back, you always think that they're kind of living a king and queen life and it must be great over there. Oh, but when yeah. we came over here, you know, we really realised that people uh, really worked hard all day, yes. all night. And then my parents were the same. They just, you know, straight away bought themselves sewing machines and started sewing and I was a bit clueless and at 10, I was like, mom, this looks fun. Can I help? And that was it. 
I never could stop again. She made me work <laughs> from the age of 10. And because I'm just, I'm a, I'm a fast learner and I'm very kind of like, I, I guess I, I learned quick. And so I was really good. And so she actually saw me as a skilled worker. And so I ended up sewing day and night till I was in my late teens. And I couldn't, like, I actually had to work all the time. And I what still feel trauma. You didn't go to school? Yeah, so after school, no. So I went to, went to school, came home, sewed till night. And there was no weekends. It was just sewing, sewing. And even till this day, you know, I would have tears waking up. And I said to my mom, I think I'm still traumatized because wow. it's like child labor. And, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm not angry at my mom and my parents anymore. There was a period that I was resentful. But I look back now and I'm like, they taught me the biggest lesson about hard work, about, you know, that's why I just hustle and, even after 10 years in business, I'm still hustling and I love it. And, you know, even my, my, my husband's like, stop, just relax. Like, why do you? And um, it must be that kind of endless working that they instilled in me, except that I've learned now to enjoy my life at the same time. So you'll see, catch me on my Instagram. I'm traveling, you know, different places all the time because um, I learned the good bits and then I replaced it with, you know, replaced the bad bits that they did, which is they didn't know how to enjoy themselves. Yeah, that's that's just the the eth eth ethic work ethic, um, you know, with well, I'm Vietnamese as well, so that's mm. just what they do. That's what they the do. The three of us on this show at the moment that Vietnamese. are Vietnamese background, <laughs> born yeah. here, arrived at young, not in refugee, and arrived in very, from refugee camps. Look, three no, no different perspectives. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I feel sorry for the parents back then. You know, just don't know how to enjoy life. They keep working away, thinking that one day I'll enjoy life, but you know, yeah. life is too short. It was almost like the feeling of they felt that they didn't deserve to have that time for themselves because they felt guilty. Like even today, my mum feels guilty about doing something for herself. So she's always thinking about her family, 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 but like, yeah, nothing for herself, which is a bit sad. Um, and I'm, I'm guilty of working really, really hard as well. So I, I try to kind of let go a little bit and I don't really relate to the self-care Sundays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I mean, because, you know, as I'm in Australia, I was like so westernized, I became so westernized. And then I was clashing with my parents who were so old school. And that's why I ended up having a kid young. I was a teenage mom kind of thing and rebelled and did all that stuff. And that's kind of where my journey went, went to the bad way first before it, it's better now. <laughs> what was it like having a child as a teenager and being a Vietnamese person as well? Uh, that, that oh yeah that I yeah got kicked out of home said don't ever come back um once again they taught me another lesson and that's why I think tough love sometimes really is helpful because uh without all those lessons without that kind of like swim out get yourself out you, you can't swim but I'm going to throw you in the the deep end and get out has taught me so much so uh yeah so I had a kid young um because I was just going against them. I, you know, didn't like anything that they said, so I was just going against them. Made bad choices, uh, but I also always had that silly belief that oh, that's all right. Whatever happens, you know, whatever happens, I can deal with it. She's like, it's a kid. Oh, that's fine. Because <laughs> I have no, uh, I just have no grasp of reality and what consequences are, and so. Which is a good thing now looking at as an entrepreneur, right? Sometimes when you think too far and you think of consequences, you never do it. It's like fresh Whereas eyes, just, yeah. Yeah, you're too afraid because you're thinking about the negative. But I was always rosy. I was always, oh, yeah, I can do it. And so I had the kid and I'm like, okay, it's pretty hard. Uh, not only that, then my parents were disgraced. Like they were like, this is not the daughter I want. Like, you know, get out. I wasn't allowed to talk 
to my sister. I wasn't allowed to um, talk to my my mom was banned from seeing me, so my dad was very tough. Um, and so, yeah, I had a lot of anger and resentment and I had to learn to just live on my own. You know, you make, that's another thing, learn to be resourceful. You know, with limited money from Centrelink, you just make the best of it. You know, rented out house with uh, other junkies in there because it's the cheapest, 70 bucks. But I also learned to really um, connect with people, whether they're on drugs or not on drugs. I always felt, I felt like I could understand them. They're going through things and I, I could live with them and not feel like, oh, they're scary or anything because they're still just people that are struggling. And so I was a struggling single mom, you know, as in just trying to live on the street. Um, but, you know, one thing I did was just um, just keep taking one day at a time. And because I kind of failed, I saw that it was a failure because I made the wrong choice and with the person and then it didn't work out. I vowed to myself that never again, as in from here onward, I'm just going to like, succeed. I'm never going to be that typical single mum that people uh, think you will be. So, because I had a kid when I was in uni. So, you know, most people would quit job, uh, their uni and, you know, do nothing. I only took six months off, came back, finished it with a, with a distinction. So, you know, when I got my graduation certificate, I was like, not only did I graduate, I had the distinction, you know. Wow. Uh, so, what does it show you? You can have it all. And I think that's that mentality I have moving forward was just that you can have it all. You just need to like prioritize and, and um, yeah, so I end up having a kid go to school still, you know, then after that got a job, just everyone, like just a normal. Were you um, like when your parents kind of said threw you out and you had to do this on your own with your child, were you um, feeling angry, resentful, uh, I mean, you know, I, I know you, you, you're like me. We have this, we wear this, what I call the positive mask mm -hmm. uh, and we just kind of show, soldier on, move forward despite whatever it is gets thrown at us. Yep. Uh, but like, uh, do you remember then at that point in time, did you feel uh, like lost, completely lost? Oh, uh, was yeah, there a yeah. Were there moments where you just like, what am oh I yeah, doing? I was confused. I have no idea about what life is all about. I was an angry person. I would get into fights at clubs. Um, I would almost, I remember walking in clubs and go, I just want someone to pick on me because I want to fight. So that's just, now I understand that it's just that hurt people want to hurt people, right? And so I wasn't an angel either because I was hurt. I also, you know, dated, been in relationships and would hurt them, you know, cheat on people and just said, who cares? I don't care, you know, because <laughs> I was just very immature. And I look back now, I just go because I was so lost and I was so in pain, I didn't know how to fix myself. So instead, I just hurt other people along the way. And then so it wasn't till like in my late 20s, uh, sorry, 25, 26 was, um, you know, one time I had a, a big breakup. I had so many breakups because I was just, you know, constantly jumping from one relationship to another, looking for love because I was craving the family love or love. Um, and finally, one day I just said, oh, my God, what's wrong with me? Like, why am I keep having this um, problem or, or attract all these drama and these people and and that was when I had that awakening moment I kind of like asked God like God help me and then in that year things just started to change like I started to um, see different things see opportunities to get into life coaching so I learned life coaching learned more about life I'm like oh, I thought everyone thought the same thing. No, everyone has different reality really like I had no idea so I think yeah as an a being brought up Asian you're so 
bubbled up. You don't know anything. Um, I made a lot of wrong choices with even dating my ex because I actually didn't know there was bad people in the world. I thought there was murderers and killers and then there's good people. I didn't know there was people in between. You know? <laughs> so that's just how gullible I was. And so um, then I learned life coaching and, and, you know, and started to watch successful people and said, okay, how do I do that? And, um, I, but, you know, I was still transitioning from a party girl uh, and, and being this crazy girl to wanting this new life. And luckily I met my husband who's from Sydney and, I moved to Sydney, it was a good change of my life because I think if I was still in Melbourne, you know, you're still caught with your old life and your friends and you go out drinking, partying, and then you wouldn't be able to, you know, kind of change. But moving to Sydney eight years ago was like a, it was a nice change and then I was able to just start everything fresh. Sometimes I, I often say to people when when there's drama in their lives or something's happening or they're not happy, they say, oh, I'm going to move and I'm going to relocate. And I often say, you, if you're going to relocate, you, whatever it is that's occurring in your life at that point in that place is going to follow unless you actually, yep. you yourself have to change. So yes. so I'm sure by moving, it did not change, like it yeah. changed the location, but you were still the you there. So, But you must have done something to... Yep in terms of your mindset, in terms of your whole being, to really shift the you from Melbourne to the you to Sydney. Do you know oh, yeah. I mean? So I was already fixed. That's yeah. why I attracted my coaching. husband, if you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. in that year, I was working on myself. I was very content with being single for the first time and just worked on myself, mindsets, and learned a million videos and YouTube and Tony Robbins, everything, right? That's just like a, a sponge because I didn't even know there was a world out there to – like on personal development and so um you know then I created that shopping list of my husband and I worked on myself as in to be to attract that person you got to be that person and so when I met my husband I wasn't in a desperate mode either I was just like okay who are you you know and was able to come from a place of I don't need you you know are we good for each other that's it and so when I moved to Sydney like you said I attracted the the opportunity to move because I was ready you know, it wasn't that, uh, yeah, there was no, and then we're still, tomorrow is our eight-year wedding anniversary. And it's still, very, <laughs> it's still a, a happy, loving relationship. And so I just think that I've, yeah, yeah was, I've really worked a lot on myself. Yeah. I, I said to Kathy, you created a list of the man that you wanted mm-hmm. and then you actually attracted him. And I yep. said, you know, I said to her, you know what, I, I, when I listened to Lynn's telling me that, I said, maybe it's a bit too late for me to create a list because I've got one already. <laughs> but yeah, but that it list. Could be, it could be other things. Like, because it, what, what it is is setting goals, right? Mm-hmm. Setting goals. So for, for you, Lynn, it was a person. But for, for us, it could be, I don't know, a business goal or a certain yeah. thing. Like it could be like if we want to run a marathon or – so it's about setting goals yeah. at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I manifested everything. So I don't know if you know, Kathy, but my husband found me on YouTube. That's how oh. random it is. I was just so, going to ask, did you guys meet at a club maybe? <laughs> no. So that's how random it is. Once yeah. you're clear on your goal and you set it out there, it, the opportunity just comes so random. We have no connections at all. And he just stumbled across one video. And I wasn't doing many videos. I was just doing a one top video like it was nothing I wasn't was a YouTube, YouTube star what was so, your channel um, about at the time um it was just how to start a business because I was just starting a business so I was just like creating whatever content but it was literally like maybe two videos I, I wasn't a content creator and so it just it, it comes when you're ready and you know when you're saying um so you, you you're saying that you you've got a partner but you want to 
um, change. And I think it's still it's still important to list down what it is that you want and communicate that with your partner. Because earlier this year, I actually communicated with my husband and I kind of said, you know what, I really would love for you to be more motivated. And I know you're, you've succeeded in business, but I would love for you to try other areas because I'm very motivated and I want us to have more things in common. I want to be proud that you you know, you set your, you know, when someone sets their goals and achievement, that's sexy, right? Because after you've married for eight years, it doesn't matter about their looks or their whatever anymore, right? But it's the, it's the way they, they treat life or whatever. That eight makes years you is go, only oh. a baby step, honey. <laughs> I see what you mean, Lynn. It's like you want your partner or friends or whoever to be challenged and to grow and to yes. have different interests and for you to champion them on. Yeah. yeah, and guess what? He changed. So this year he said, I, he was like, I kind of, I'm, I've never had that serious talk. I kind of felt maybe I should settle. At, at least he's not a bad guy and, you know, like he's he's good enough. But then I said, you know what, like, I, what if I want more? So like it's not it's not bad to want more. So I said, you know, I want more for you. I would love for you to try something more. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to, you know, exercise. I'm going to look after my health. And now he's lost about 10 kilos Ooh. and he's really motivated. And what happens when you succeed in one area yeah. is you start to get – uh, excited about other areas and I see a change in our relationship our That's everything so good. and it's infectious yeah. right like when you see someone ex exceeding like that then mm -hmm. they're going to rub off into other people as well mm -hmm. yes Fabulous. and guess what now he sees himself as an inspiration to others so like his dad would be like oh how did you lose weight and yeah. oh maybe I could try it too so even his dad wants to try the diet that he's on let's say so I, I said is that a keto diet is that a keto diet no Intermittent fasting. Ah, okay. intermittent. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I know. Yeah. I've and I've been there on that for two years, and I love it. Yeah, it's I've been telling my husband to do that. Just yes. don't eat breakfast. Don't eat anything till lunchtime. Yes. You know. And stop at that time. That's stop it. at eight o'clock. Simple. Yes. Yep. Simple. So anyway, I've, I'm going to try to push him to do that because he said I've got to lose all of these. I've got to lose all of this. I said, well, then then do it. But I'm going to share him with this video then, uh, Lynn. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Tell him my story. Tell him to catch up with my husband. And yeah, that's right. You know? <laughs> so now with outsourcing, now you, like you said, uh, 10 years ago, you, you did a video about starting your business. Um, and, you know, I, I, I said to, shared with Kathy how amazing you were. You were helping me at the time as well with when you started out with having uh, the uh, outsourcing uh, you know, in the Philippines, and um, but how did you build a business model that actually is sustainable? What 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 were the what was the journey like? Okay, so I started. I actually stumbled across this business. Like I, I didn't wake up one day. I want to start an outsourcing business. So I started a nail polish company first because a friend gave me nail polish. I thought, okay, I can make, I can like relabel it and sell it. And I thought I started an e-commerce store, which everyone thinks about selling products when they start up. Think about the first business, right? So I did exactly that. And then, but I had to get things outsourced, right? Get things like website done or marketing done. And, um, you know, first I paid to Australian companies and, you know, get it done. But then I got ripped off or I didn't get what I was after. So it doesn't matter where you outsource. If you don't know what you're doing, you know, things could go wrong. And then um, with limited funds, I had to look for an, another way. And so I came across offshore. Um, and then so I was doing that for my first business, just trying to get things done for my first business. And I was like, I hate nail polish. Why didn't anyone tell me, what are you, what are you passionate about? Because I hate nail polish. Or like I hate putting it on and it wasn't my thing. 
Um, and so when I was looking for the next opportunity, I was just networking. I just didn't want to go back to a job. That's what I, I was just like, okay, I'm yes, just going to go out networking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I actually started a, a meetup event on my own, like, as in instead of going network, I just create on my own, call it startup, you know, business startup, zero capital with, to attract other people that don't have money like myself and we'll just like help one another. And so um, I, I was a host of this fortnightly meetup and as I was, um, people were coming, they were like, what do you do? And uh, at the time I was learning life coaching and I wasn't sure what am I going to coach people about um, and still not sure what to do next. But people started to ask marketing questions and I didn't know I had all this knowledge because it was just, you know, it came from that, uh, the, um, the first business. And then I also said, you can get it done here and you can go to Upwork and, and they're like, I don't have time to do it. And so that was how I made my first money. They just said, can you get me a website done? And then I said, okay, sure, it will be this, but it cost me that. So I made the money in the difference. So I didn't, I just realized that the outsourcing model is very simple because it's really, you don't need the time or the skill not even the money because the person pays you the money and you get it outsourced, get it done by someone who's got the skill and then voila, you make the money. Um, and so my next business was a marketing agency. I was able to offer website, mark, uh, SEO, everything like that. But a few years down the track, I realized that it wasn't a scalable, uh, scalable business. Even though I had a team, I was still project managing. You know, if you want something, I would then project manager, you know, with the team, the team would pass it over. And I'm like, how do I make this model more scalable? That was my question. And so what I've decided to do is I'm just a bottleneck. I'm just in the middle because I'm not a website developer either, right? So I'm just passing the buck. I'm passing the, the information. So I'm like, why don't I just help people hire people like I have in my company and let them work directly? And that was the idea. It was like, I will help you find that person work with you and I facilitate it all but then I will also help you along the journey because you know it still comes down to like a staffing kind of issue right if you work with a staff member you know it's not it's, it's a person so you might find the best person but how do you actually keep them working with you long term and and feeling engaged so that's why outsourcing angel is more than just a recruitment of virtual staff it is more of a end-to-end -end HR solution You've been doing it quite a, for quite a few years now. Um, what, what are some of the uh, challenges, obviously, when matching, you know, those overseas to the people that are here um, who are needing that service, be it, say, um, website design, be it, say, writing content, uh, be it researching or be PA? Because I know you offer the, your outsourcing angels offer those services like personal assistance or virtual assistance as you call them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we love what we do and we can do it really well. I think the challenge for people is more getting their head around, like, how does remote work, you know? And because I'm in it for so long and it's just so natural for me, I'm like, they're literally just people that work with you, but they're just behind a computer. That's it. Um, but uh, they just couldn't, you know, when you're always working with someone next to you in an office, you think that they're not as productive if they're not next to you or I don't know if they can really do the work. Because if you don't know, you haven't tried, you just don't know what you don't know. Um, and I really think that during the COVID, um, it's really given us a bit of a, an advantage now because now people are forced all to work remotely. Like even people who's never worked remote themselves go, I like remote. This is actually good. It's fun for me. So now they can put themselves in the people's shoes because I became more passionate with Outsourcing Angel because 
you know, I was a single mom. I wanted to work from home and be there for my son. And I said, I want to do this for everyone. Like I, anyone that works with me will also work from home. You know, if you go to the Philippines and you meet my staff, they're all living in provinces, you know, like in Vietnamese, it's like, you know, like they're not in the cities. They get to work anywhere in their country. And I'm like, um, yeah, so then with the COVID now, people are more open to to learning how to work remotely. And so, uh, yeah, that's what we help people with is like, how do you actually work remotely? What tools? Because you need to have the right tools, process, um, even mindsets around. Because if you haven't, if you got the wrong mindset that nah, they're never going to do it good like me or I'm faster than them. Um, and especially if we work with startups or smaller businesses who are new, they still have the more of a mentality of letting go or control. That's just more of a the business side of thing. And then if you're more established, you're used to working with local, um, yeah, now they're more open to remote. So, but once you, you, you know, clear those mindsets and you're open to trying, then the solutions right there, there's tool software, uh, like without using project management tools, without chats and stuff, you won't be able to work properly. So that's why um, we call ourselves an end to end because like, we'll give you all that insight. We'll tell you, we'll almost coach you in everything you need to know to work with them. Because giving you the person is not going to solve it. It's everything else. Mm. So are you actually busier now that coronavirus is here? Yeah, so it's starting to pick up more. I wouldn't say like all of a sudden like boom, like, you know, (laughs) 10 times the fold, which we probably don't want to, you know, because we want to make sure we grow and can keep up with everything. Um, But, yeah, things are starting to look more positive um, and you can just, you just know you're on the right path, right? It's in, even though it's not like, it's 10 times the, the the volume you can just tell that this is this is it this is a new chapter because before no everyone was like why would i do remote but you know That's what i mean right. now exactly it is. yeah um the other thing is um people now more businesses are more cost conscious right because of course you know with with the the economy and everything so now they're looking for a cheaper solution and we have always been that cheaper solution it's how do you get the same um work done and get quality staff but for a fraction of the cost um and then i just i guess i still have to educate the market there are certain people that think am i exploiting people by paying so little no you're not you're actually giving them a job and and employment there uh and so it's it's more of a education path that i need to go through to just get everyone, more and more people on board. So what are some of the tasks that they do? Um, so what yeah. So what sort of things can you outsource? Yeah. So for our company, particularly because I came from that marketing agency background, uh, we're kind of sticking in that niche. So you can find people to do anything with your marketing and admin work. So from social media marketing, website development, graphic design, LinkedIn marketing, content writing, just like anything that you can work virtually that's related to your back-end office um, and admin support and marketing. Uh, and then, of course, the different skill set means, you know, different talent, different costing, uh, different. We also have different packages. So as a small business owner, you might not be able to afford a full-time person, but you can start with 10 hours, um, you know, you know, and, and up to 40 hours a week. So we try to but we still stick to dedicated because I've already been in the shoe of outsourcing where you outsource a task because by the time you get the task back, you know, you're waiting around and then you get the task back and it's wrong. And then you're like, I need to make a change. And then you wait for that person to come back a few days later. So outsourcing tasks is only good when you're just purely starting out. But when you're ready to really take your business serious, um, even if you're small, 
it's so important to know that that person is there at that time all the time and your business keeps growing and changing. You want that person to keep growing and changing. Whereas if you work with an outsourced provider and just a task base, then, you know, you make a change and like, that's outside of scope. Well, that's going to cost you this much. Okay, then it's just way too much, um, you know, back and forth. So, um, you know, we've tried, even during the COVID, um, some of our clients did cancel because they were, you know, in the lockdown period, they were in the gym business or they were in the restaurant business. We were panicking. We were like, oh, my God, what if everyone just stops living you know, <laughs> and, and not need a VA anymore? And so uh, I was in that panic mode and we tried to do, you know, once-off projects and things. And, you know, after that experiment, we realised that, look, at the end of the day, if someone can't afford, they can't afford even if it's, you know, once off or, or 10 hours. Um, the second thing is I at the big picture is that we, we're we just really good at helping you find someone and stay with, with you is what we're good at, um, not just the recruiting. Yeah. Um, what about, um, as you said, people talking about exploiting people and you're saying no because they, they've got employment. But what about, you know, have you been, um, you know, accused of, oh, why don't you provide employment for people here in Australia, but rather providing employment for somebody overseas? Um, and how and what are, what's your what has been your response to yeah that? so I would always say let's say you you're a business owner and you have local staff it's not really about okay I'm just gonna cut my local staff out and hire more people it's really about looking at your local staff's role and go because if let's say you hire a salesperson and they're on I don't know sixty seventy thousand dollars but within their role they spend two hours on the phone and six hours doing admin work and doing whatever else, right? Imagine if they spent eight hours doing the the, the, the big high impact work for you and you outsource or not outsource but have someone cheaper to do the little tasks. So you will grow your business. You will even have more motivated staff who feel like they're actually adding value to the bottom line because although you want them to make more money but you give them everything to do and then they're stuck in their job, they can't do it. The next thing is I think that more and more people are wanting are going to want to start their own business moving forward anyway as in Australia or America. And so there's going to be even more freelancing or free remote work. But as a freelancer yourself, you also need to start thinking big. How can you maybe provide the things that only you could do? So let's just say you're a great marketing person. But if you just spend your eight hours consumed with two clients because that's all you can do, how are you going to really scale? What if you... Just do strategies for them, but then have your team, you know, you start to build out hiring um, resources that to do the execution of those tasks. And then or you can add on services, add on other things you can't do because you've got other people to do video editing, doing whatever else. So I'm also starting to train um, local people to start thinking bigger. Um, so, for example, we have freelancing uh, marketing yeah, marketing freelancers, and we're starting to teach them that. We're like, okay, don't just be that freelancer and serving limited clients. You start to think about how you can build out a team because technically I was that. I was that one person who started to just um, have, hire people. But my the advantage for me was kind of I didn't have the skill. I, I didn't know how to do website. I didn't know how to do anything. So I had to outsource from day one. Sometimes people have the I guess they think that it's an advantage that they know how to design so they just spend time designing all day because I can do it all but then that's kind of the curse because then they're stuck in it that's and right. they can't let go that's right and yeah and so I've spoken to people who's been uh, maybe like a designer for 10 years and just realized that if I was hit by a bus tomorrow that's it I don't have a business or I can't work and only to realize that I have to 
scale. I have to hire virtual staff. So that's where I think leveraging the cheaper resource from overseas is great. And I think that local people still add so much value that overseas can't. You still know culturally how Australians work, businesses work, you're, more, you're educated differently here, you're strategic, right? So spend time doing that. Mm. Now, your, your, your business model also, there's a component, it's about giving back. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just going out there and just you know selling your bis- you know selling the service that you offer, but there's a component whereby you really go back to the Philippines. I think I, I don't know if you annually, this year, yeah. annually, um, yeah. but to give back. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I've always had this thing where I wanted to give back. And so even when I was starting the agency and we were very small, I would always, you know, donate money and here and there. Um, And so luckily one of our team member, his cousin was actually one of, he was like a gangster who turned good. He was like one of those bad boy that found God and then changed his life and dedicated his life to volunteering to help um, people that are living up in the mountains where normal people, uh, normal organisations don't go up there because you have to trek to get up there. And so early on we uh, we worked with him, we gave him money and along the way we just continued that way and as the business grew we just funded him more and what's good about it is that we are not an organization like we are not you know a, like a non-profit or anything we just do it from our heart we just do it from what we can and he also uh he and his group of volunteers also don't take salaries or don't pay for overheads literally every dollar that i give him would go to the people so you know every weekend so we we fund him every month um you know for many years now and every month we would see photos um, of whatever we want to happen. So, you know, solar panel. And what I like about having him on the ground is he's choosing and prioritising what the community needs right now. So let's just say, you know, you know, you give him the money, he'll be like, okay, the, the, the earthquake just happened. Um, we really need to um, start doing this for this community and then we're able to do that. And, you know, next week we, um, we, we actually get to see physical things happening really fast because we're partner with people that are doing it from their heart as well. There's no waiting around for anything. So that's one side where it's helping the people who are living in extreme poverty. They're just needing food and electricity and things like that. But the other side is um, our VAs also volunteer to teach computer trainings to um, like disadvantaged kids over there. So we partner with organisations like Vellani Foundation, which they they have a house of um, orphan kids and kids who are from, um, you know, bad homes. And so we just provide computer training, teach them things because I'm like, well, if we could expose them to this online work, then one day they can find employment and work online. And and so rather than, yeah, so it's kind of creating a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. And, and I always tell the VAs as well, like, it's not enough for you to have a good job working from home. You need to start thinking how can you pass that on you know um, as a leader or as anything so that's my part to the world <laughs> how are they coping uh, in the philippines with covid like is it impacted as much as like what we're seeing here and hearing here in australia um let's say the i think the poor people are even uh, it's getting worse in a sense I, I mean i've read articles of 
there's more people dying from starvation, right? Not just because of the, the, the right. actual COVID. Um, I think people in Asia are probably more obedient. They're probably staying home more. They're probably just, you know, the president says stay home, so stay home, right? And I'm sure the president in, in the Philippines are a lot more ruthless, like, you know, like, you know, you, you don't cross the line because you'll get in trouble. Um, but, yeah, I think the, the cases are growing a bit and people are more fearful too. The people are more like, oh, I don't want to get out. Um, and so I just, but with my team, the VAs over there, nothing really changed for them because they were already working from home. Um, but I know that a lot of the BPO companies, companies that do what we do, but in office space, I'm sure they would have had to make a big change, you know, like trying to get everyone working from home. And maybe these people from corporate are not used to working from home. So, but in terms of our virtual staff, they're quite, you know, okay because it's always been that way they've always been at home um but yeah they were still positive i think it's yeah that's good so where to where to now where what's to? the next what's the next stage for lynn padetti and outsourcing angel <laughs> um yeah i have a lot of big plans for outsourcing angel like i wanted to i see ourselves as a promoter of talent so, you know, I want to then have a business where I'm promoting marketing managers, like Australian or American marketing managers, right? Because I still, I think we should, we'll niche in that marketing space, but that means there's more remote work for, um, you know, people in the marketing field or, at, or business managers. Uh, so that means more local outsourcing. I see ourselves as even um, outsourcing to companies. So let's just say I know great website companies and LinkedIn marketing companies or SEO companies. I want it to be that hub where you go here and you know that they're all good companies because you go to Google and you're going to find them. But if you go to outsourcing angel hub, whether you want a person or you want a company or you want um, Australian, that's kind of where I want it to see. And I also see us being um, the place where you can find training too, because with staff, you need training you need to know what the hell you're doing in business or whatever then you can give that training to yourself or to your staff and so I see as this big outsourcing thing um for myself I don't know if I told you I want to be an actor right oh, <laughs> that's awesome oh my so God. I've been learning acting uh, since this year I really like like I love it I, I thought I would like it but when I did it I do like it right um when I, I'm doing it I find it so fun it's like I don't know. It was just like, really? like a kid again. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, my God. I would get carried away. Um, well, you could use your imagination. You know. Do whatever you want. Play whoever you want. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you're I'm camera shy. I'm camera shy. I can do live feeds, but like if you ask me to act, oh, my God. <laughs> That's a limiting belief. So I think okay. once you know the skill, you just, you know, try it. But, um, you know, I see myself as I'm following the foot footstep of Oprah. I love Oprah and I'm starting to see, I'm like, okay, well, you know, I love kind of business and, and maybe I'll do more talk shows and then, um, and then later on I'll feature it. Like I don't see myself as like a full-time actor, but more of like, I, I want to be in, in movies, but learning acting will prepare me for that opportunity. Do you right. know what I mean? Okay. So, Very yeah. smart. But I want to, I want to do movies, not just for the sake of being a movie star. I want to do movies that inspire. I want to yep. do movies that are, you know, great movies that, change the world wow. so that's my thing so what, <laughs> what about documentaries as well like netflix has so many awesome reality shows and documentaries as well 
Yeah, I love documentaries. Like I, I'm obsessed with watching documentary. I'm always like, is there a new documentary there, right? Yeah, but watch, think, watch um, about this. It's called the triplets. It's something triplets on Netflix at the moment. The story of these triplets who were um, they found each other or something. They yeah? found they each were other. They were yeah. split up. They found each other by sheer coincidence. They found that there was there were three of them. And so there was yeah, this big story amazing. in the United States. So it's a great doco, actually. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just been watching yeah. Indian matchmaking. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, for example, because I want to be an actor, one of my staff was able to spot an opportunity. There's, um, there's, a, there's someone making a documentary about mum entrepreneurs, you know, and she's from Canada. And so she's right now she's organising and, and so I'm kind of – being part of the interview process cool. and if I get it um, then I'll be in like a documentary about entrepreneur but I wouldn't see that if I didn't have decided to be yeah. in acting right yeah. <laughs> that's right and you have to tell I the think, world as well wow. yeah so I'm kind of yeah. like really open to what my heart tells me and then trying it and always being ready always preparing and getting ready yeah yeah well Great. congratulations well we'll watch you out watch out for you on the screen somewhere <laughs> starring Lynn Podetti. <laughs> I can visualize it already. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. I know you, yeah, um, yeah, you'll definitely see me around. I always want to make sure that I'm that Jenny from the block, you know, that that's Lynn right. From block, Jenny from the block. Always, <laughs> <laughs> Lynn from always the block, die from the no block. No matter what happens. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, thank you so much for, um, you know, giving us your time and uh, you know I hope that uh, we wish you great success and we'll stay in touch and we'll see where you you know where this journey leads you yes so <laughs> thank awesome. you so much I had so much fun chatting with you girls same so here thanks for having thanks, me Lynn. thank you all the best um, that's that's it from us here at Dawncast uh, if you like what you've just heard leave us a comment or click and, and subscribe to Dawncast and we hope to hear from you soon uh, in the meantime have a good Day, and I'm Dai Lee. And I'm Kathy Ngo. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>